All right, it's showtime. Welcome everybody to the Crypto Mining Tools podcast. And uh, today we have Kevin Shaw with us. Uh, here's our uh, co-host, Ethan Zerka. Hi everybody, Ethan here and Kevin is down there. Down there. Hey Kevin. They're up there. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good. You hit the mark. Perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. I do. So, <laughs> so first, I'd like to start off. Uh, you know, Kevin, you and I met in Vegas, and what was that? That was a Bitcoin conference in Vegas, and you had just uh, some fascinating knowledge to to share with me while I was in Vegas. So I'm really excited to have you uh, as a guest on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Scott start with the first question, then I'm gonna rip into you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, uh, you were telling us uh, previously about just your experience in uh, doing the research and, and, and trying to find some power and some land uh, for your own project. Uh, and so we found that uh, really interesting um, as a story, and then also combined with your experience um, in the in the tax world uh, and and what you've done uh, as a profession for the, for the last uh, umpteen years, um, you know, longer than a lot of us have actually had careers. Uh, it, yeah, so we, we just really wanted to have you on the show and uh, we think that you have some some good, interesting uh, advice and stories to, to tell. So uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself first and then, uh, and then we can mm -hmm. talk about mining. Okay. Um, for the first 15 years of my life, I was in retail and restaurant management. Okay. During that time frame, I helped open up over 50 different businesses, you know, from the ground up. You know, sometimes it was from the lease level. Sometimes it was after the lease was done, you know, bringing in the equipment and doing that type of stuff. So I have a lot of knowledge and experience, you know, with negotiating the, the contracts, you know, the leases, the, you know, finding the equipment and finding good prices on stuff. Um, then, you know, during that same time frame, I was going to school and everything else. I graduated. Um, I got a job at the state of California where, you know, I've utilized, you know, and my profession in general is, is accounting and taxes. Um, so I gained a unique knowledge of taxes and, and what can be done and that type of stuff during that process. And that I've been doing that for a little over 17 years now. And, you know, when it comes down to crypto and stuff, I got interested at the very, you know, when Bitcoin hit that 20,000 mark, you know, it, it's oh, wow. In the peak. when it was, when it was, when it was really big and everything else. And, you know, I'm like, okay, how, how do, you know, I mean, when I did research before, you know, I thought Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme, right? You know, you had a whole bunch mm -hmm. of, of multimillionaires and, and it just seemed too good to be true, you know? And then I started doing some more research and I, I realized that, there was more to it than what I originally had thought, you know, like a year or two earlier. And, you know, so I started off and said, okay, how, how can I get into this? So I bought some GPU cards and built my own rigs and, you know, was going to mine. Ethereum was, you know, I could make around $400 a month, you know, mining Ethereum and everything else. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I could sell those rigs to make $2,500 each. So, sure. you know, I looked at the stuff and said, $400 a month per rig or, you know, $2,500 for each rig. So I ended up, you know, I mined on them a little bit, made sure that they worked and, you know, mm -hmm. they were optimized and that type of stuff. And then, you know, I sold them because it just, it made more sense. I mean, it, it was a, a better business model. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, it's, it's, and that's how I looked at the stuff. And, and at the same time frame, ASICs were really big, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. um, the S9s were, were making tremendous money and everything else. So I'm like, okay, you know, everybody says ASICs are noisy. They're super hot. What to do? So I started calling around and, and saying, okay, let, let's try hosting and co-locating. And so I found a whole bunch of places, you know, regular traditional data centers and, and that type of stuff. And they were wanting $150 per month per S9. Yeah. Now you're looking, looking at this stuff and saying, oh, great. So $150 to them. I make $170 total. So I can make $20 a piece. There right. has to be a better way. You know, it, it, it doesn't, you know, that just seems outrageous. So, you know, that's when I kind of started my search for, for cheap power and, and went through many things. And, you know, I've, I've my ex-wife's from China. So I spent, you know, eight trips over there. I got a lot of contacts in the manufacturing world over there and in shipping world and, and that type of stuff. And I still maintain most of those contacts, you know, 10, 15 years later. And the, the thing that I learned is if you can, well, you can make better money. It, it, it makes more better business sense. You just have to one, have the money to be patient. I mean, it's cheaper to ship it over by sea than it is to ship it over by air. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that can make a big difference. So planning out your projects in advance and that type of stuff is important. And so when I first started out, you know, I found five cent power in Montana and you know, it's, but the process to, to get that power is you had to pick a location and mm -hmm. then you had to pay $25,000 for a study. And then mm -hmm. you had to pay another $25,000 for a study. And the study since, you know, you were like 200th in line is going to take six to nine months to, to even get a result on the study to, to the location that you picked. Will it work? You know, and most people aren't that patient. I'm not. I don't know about you guys. Well, sure. And, and tell us about this study. You said you, you had to get a study or is that uh, a step that you wanted to do? Uh, no, you had to. it was required by the, the, the power company and, and, and the city and, and the county. Is so, that an environmental impact uh, or, or what, what kind of, it, it was, that? it was more of a grid load study to make mm -hmm. sure that the grid can handle it. And the substation that that's close to it can, can be expanded to handle the stuff. So it was a more study for that, you know, looking at the the future use of the power and, and that type of stuff, how it's going to impact the community, you know, and you had to say, this is sure. what load I wanted. Um, I, I would expect, I, I want to grow to this. And they consider all those things. And then, you know, you're either going to get a yes or a no, you know, uh, up to a year later, whether the site <laughs> you picked out handle any of that stuff or not. You know, so there was so, a lot of variables involved with it. It wasn't right. You know, a, a straightforward, you know, CapEx situation where you just build out the infrastructure and then you can utilize it. You had to consider how that infrastructure fit in as a piece of the puzzle of everything else. Right. To the community okay. that, that it's involved in. And so and, and you still have to do that now. I mean, in, unless if you're in, you know, you're in a stranded gas situation or there's excess power you know, or, or a multitude of other things, but you still have to consider some of that stuff. I mean, you can be, you can have land right next to a substation, but if there's one megawatt available on that substation, 
what is it going to cost to expand? Is the utility going to expand it? Are they going to ask you to put up the money to expand it? Mm -hmm. You know, what is that process? What is it going to look like? You know, and, you know, asking the questions is, is, is the important part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. So but, we, we get a lot of people saying, Hey, I, I want, uh, you know, five megawatts and, and I want it for, for two cents. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, and, and they want it, uh, their miners up and running next month. Right. And I want to retire in two years. So <laughs> common. I mean, every, everybody, everybody wants that. And even the larger companies want cheap power, but then they want to throw wrinkles into the deals. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are certain things, you know, communication is important in anything we do when we're dealing with the city, a county, you know, utility, you know, other people, the communication thing. And that's where a lot of deals fail because, you know, the people in the city will get lazy and not call you back. You know, you need to be very active and, and be calling them and keeping in touch with them. You have to ask the right questions. You have to do that type of stuff. And, you know, I mean, I've seen somebody say, hey, you know, I want, uh, you know, 100 megawatts and we want to pay, you know, two and a half cent. Great. But then these guys have the nerve to go through and, and be even funnier and say, we want to be able to cancel the deal, you know, because they were going to have to sign a power purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to cancel the deal within 60 days. How many people on the other side that are going to try to provide the power and give you a good price are going to do that? And pretty much yeah, nobody that, would. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, you know, it just killed the deal right there. But, you know, people think things, you know, whatever they want to do, it's always about them. And it's not about sure. making a win-win situation for everybody involved. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, two cent power is doable, you know, even three sub three cent power is doable and it can happen. But, you know, there's a couple of things that, that, that it takes to get you there, you know? So the first thing is money. Mm-hmm. The, the second thing that you have to do um, is, you know, one, not be greedy, make sure that there's enough, you know, sure. on the bone for everybody to make money, you know, um, volume is very important. You know, if you're five megawatts, you're not going to get sub three power in most cases, you know, now if you decided to be unique and say, okay, let me get 300 one megawatt guys together and we're going to mm-hmm. form a cooperative. And now we have the ability to buy 300 megawatts of power. Mm-hmm. Okay. That group can get a better rate than somebody wanting a megawatt or five megawatts or 10 megawatts or 50 megawatts because they're a big group. But most people are so out for themselves and they only care mm-hmm. about themselves that it's really hard for stuff like to do that. I mean, you got the dairy farmers that do cooperatives. You have you know, a whole bunch of other farmers that do cooperatives and they do it because it makes more money for everybody because it drives the cost down. Hmm. Everybody benefits in those situations, but everybody trying to make their own money and they don't care about other people and they try to keep it hush hush. You know, it's like, it's the, some sort of secret sauce that, you know, if they tell you they're going to, you know, you're going to put them out of business, you know, and and a Bitcoin miner is going to hard, be hard to put another Bitcoin miner out of business. It just, it just doesn't work like that. So yeah. can can you paint a picture for us? Because, you know, everybody talks about this holy grail of two cent power. How, you know, how, paint the picture. How does it happen? How how can this be achieved? 
So, so two cent power is done one of two ways typically. Okay. Um, you, you have to put up the cap capex cost to do it. Um, what are we talking about? Are we, are we talking? About... I'm well, sorry? It, 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 if you're doing power generation, right? So, uh -huh. uh, a friend of mine up in Canada and Alberta, um, who's with uh, Orion Power Solutions, basically he was a former power company exec. He was a VP of commercial power. He decided mm -hmm. to negotiate uh, a lease for um, gas. And mm -hmm. so he has a gas lease. He can operate on the property. He went out and bought the, the generator. He bought one of the digital shovel, you know, 600 containers. He put wow. that on the thing, mashed it up, brought in the miners. And so he has a site up and running. And uh, up in Alberta is, is unique because if you're under a megawatt of power, Mm -hmm. You don't have any government approval, so you don't have any government regulations that you have to go through. Wow! So it's it's you know it, it it's it's something that he could start with little time, you know. Mm -hmm. But it did take a lot of, of money, and and he's sitting at around two point five cents U.S. Wow. power cost just for the the gas and the maintenance and that type of stuff, you know. So I mean, you basically have to come up with the the capex cost to do that. The only other way to do that to get, you know, good cheap power is it, it's, it's unique because you have to build a substation from the transmission side okay. and not from the primary power side. So and those are usually 500 kilovolts or, um, you know, 350 kilovolts. They're very high powered. So you have to start off with a high power and drop it, drop it down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times that can drop a half a cent off your power cost you know which which is which is a huge thing i mean if the, mm -hmm. if the market in the state is, is you know two and a half cent you know and and now you now you you're you're you know you can knock drop a half a cent off that you know you're at, at much cheaper rate yeah you know because it, that's pretty big you still will have some transmission charges and delivery charges and and taxes depending on on the state that you're in, but I mean you have to go at, at that that transmission line voltage and build a substation, so you're going to have an upfront thing. Um, sure. You know I saw numbers on a on a large um, project, you know scale mm -hmm. project, and you know a, an example would be a hundred megawatts would cost between sixty and sixty five million dollars to build out from. That's getting the capital turbine. expense just to, to just to get to it, right? Just to get to that power, yeah. And depending on you know, because everything comes down to the gas contract you can get. Mm -hmm. So the more gas you use, the cheaper price you can get it for. The mm -hmm. less gas you use, the less the more expensive you're going to get it for. Mm -hmm. So it's it's truly an economies of scale. And once you start getting up in there, like your maintenance cost goes down because it's all in in one location, and and you can do things that way. Um, and the same thing with when you're doing the substation, you know, because you own the substation, you get other discounts and that type of stuff. And then certain places have, um, I guess you would call them rebates, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you, you buy into. And, you know, some of the rebates are, you know, up, up to like 1.4 cents a kilowatt reduction because the grid can turn you off at any time. Sure. Yeah. But that can, that has to be built into it. 
Some of them are as small as, you know, two tenths of a cent, you know, but, you know, definitely take advantage of those. But most people don't know that they exist. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one of the, the the issues is because they don't know what what, what exists. Right. They, they don't know what's out there. You know, that's what the big guys find out about. They, they do their research. They understand that. Sure. And that's the you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's out there. It exists. You know, I've seen, you know, an example it is up in Newfoundland. If you're one of the lucky few, you can get power for one and a half cents a kilowatt. Wow. You know, there's a two year waiting list, mm-hmm. you know, but you can get power at one and a half cents a kilowatt. And it's a fabulous price, you know, and, and so it's possible in small pockets. You know, if you get lucky, if you find a producer, mm-hmm. I think the other area that's not yet tapped is being behind the fence at a power company. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about power companies are, are starting to do this and that type of stuff. But, you know, most of the projects I've seen, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not about the greed. It, it's they're going out and raising the money someplace else. Okay. Sure. So they're going to want to make as much money as they can. And if they see the markets at four cents, they're going to try to get it at three. You know, they're, they're trying, trying yeah. to get it for three and a half cent. It wouldn't matter if, even if it costs, even if it was free to them, right? They're still going to turn around and sell it for three and a half cent. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, 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 there's some flexibility in that, of course. And you might be able to get a better price, you know, if you have the, you know, the financials, if you have all, all the other stuff to back it up and, and the volume you might be able to, to negotiate a better price, but you really need to know what their cost structures are in order to be able to get a better price. Sure. We um, have a, a user here, uh, Captain yep. Crypto 33 says, um, so, you know, once you know your location and you know your approximate cost of electricity, what would be the next step or what would you recommend as the next step, Kevin? Um, you know, even before you do that, I mean, here's here's some some things you know this is a business and and you should really treat it as a business most people how they pick stuff out is you know i live here what's in my area Mm -hmm. okay that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best deal for them it doesn't mean it's 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 you know the the greatest you know the 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 most advantageous for them you know Mm um so i mean the first thing is is do the homework on the business, you know, make sure that that you have talked to the local governments, have talked to the utilities, have have done that much, much stuff. Because a lot of times if you talk to the to the, the local government help you, they'll help you find land. And a lot, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's probably better off to buy land next to a substation than it is to buy an existing building or a warehouse that, mm-hmm. you know, that's next to a substation because it's probably going to cost you more to, to redo that, that existing yeah. warehouse. Instead of starting from scratch, from scratch yeah. you know? And, and so that's, that's one thing. Um, I would say put together a business plan. I mean, how you want to do what you want to do in the future, how you want to grow and that type of stuff. You know, it doesn't have to be an extensive business plan, but you know, you have to say, you know, uh, I, I want to have 150 S, S9s or I want to have 150 S17s. After the having, my income is going to do this. Um, mm-hmm. During the meantime, you know, my plan is 
75% of what I'm going to earn, I'm putting back into the business, you know, 25% I'm going to hold it as a reserve, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to do the things I need to do. Um, and it, it's, um, you know, that, that, that's just one aspect. But then the other thing is you should, you know, you should, you know, after those first two things, you need to make sure you have your money lined up. A lot of people start a business with not having enough funding. Sure. Okay. And so it's, that's, that's why across the U S most businesses fail within two years. They mm-hmm. didn't have enough money they, they didn't expect to run into this situation or that situation. You know, yeah. crypto, it's the same way as any other business. You know, there's going to be unexpected uh, expenses and costs and things that you don't really think about, but, the more you think this stuff out, the more help you get, you know, the better you're going to be prepared for it. Um, then, you know, seek out professional help, you know, seek out people for taxes and accounting and, you know, business help if you're not that strong in business and, you know, check with power and, and other consultings and other professionals. But I, I'll tell you now, not all of these people have the same knowledge and experience. Sure. So if you have somebody that, you know, only, only, but there's a whole bunch of other things that they don't know, but they don't know they don't know them. So, I mean, contact multiple people, talk to multiple people, do your own research. When they tell you X, verify that that's true. Most sure. of the stuff is on the internet. It's not hard as, as somebody says, oh yeah, you know, your goal is, is not to have to pay any taxes. That's everybody's goal. You know, yeah. the top 100 companies in the U.S. do a very good job at it. You know, I mean, look, look at Amazon, right? Exactly. They're paying a lot of money to other people to do that. They're not trying to do that themselves. They, they don't just, just wake up one day and like, oh, I don't think I want to pay taxes today. No more. No, they, they right. hire professionals. They hire sure. uh, accounting firms, you know, the big four, they hire consultants and they say, okay, how can we pay less tax? And then they We're create gonna, a gonna structured system. Yeah. What way to structure this, yeah. you know, and, and you as a small business should do something similar, but obviously you're not going to spend the type of money that, that, you know, a fortune 100 or a fortune <laughs> 500 company spends trying to do the same thing, but definitely seek out the help, but seek it out from multiple people. Find out the people that, that are true experts, the people that really know their stuff and that type of stuff, you know, then, then the other thing that you should figure out is what type of business structure you want, right? Mm -hmm. The business structure can be really important, especially for taxes. A corporation is one of the things I prefer because it's a separate legal entity Mm -hmm. and all the money sits in that corporation. If Mm -hmm. you don't want to get, get any money from it, you just leave it there and, and you can invest it and do other things like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're uh, an S corporation or you're a partnership or an LLC or your sole proprietorship, every dime that that business makes and earns and every expense flows through to you. So even mm-hmm. though you're reinvesting it, you could up, end up in a situation where you owe taxes on a hundred thousand or 200,000 or even a million dollars you know, on your personal income tax, mm-hmm. you know, and all your money's tied up in the business. So you have to figure out 
oh shoot, how do yeah, I come how, up with how's, this? How's that gonna happen? You know? Kevin, this is absolutely fascinating, but I have to pause you just for a second here because I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, okay. Novablock. Novablock is uh, a, they're a newish company. They've only been around for about a half a year or so, and they believe as you know, mining and the hash rate is shifting away from China to North America. They want to be a leader, and the way they want to get there is by giving greater transparency than all of the other pools out there. Scott, right here, is now going to share with you guys how to get a good deal from them. I also want to remind everybody. Um, especially, you know, since you're listening to this podcast, if you have a lot of hash rate, you know, you're dealing with, you know, these big power situations that Kevin's been talking about, make sure you either talk to myself or Scott or even Nova blog, let them know that, you know, you want to, to connect with their pool and you can even get a better rate than what we can offer. Yeah. Um, so if you go to novablock.com, uh, that's their website. And if you click the sign up button in the top right hand corner, uh, you'll see this form. And if you just enter OFFORD18, that's going to actually give you a reduced pool fee down to 1.8%. Um, so that's invitation code offered 18. Uh, so give them a try. And uh, thank you, Novoblock, for sponsoring our podcast today. Awesome. Thank you, Novoblock. All right, Kevin, let's get back into this because you have just, you know, given us some phenomenal information, not only just from how to acquire power um, at, at very low rates or, you know, some strategies or uh, techniques to get there, but now you're talking about the other side is once I've got the great power, once I'm mining coin, now what do I do? Now what's the best thing to do? So please continue with that. I'm, I'm very excited. Right. So when, when, when you, when, you know, a part of the taxes is actually picking up, picking the, the right location, picking the right type of business structure for you. And it really depends on what your goals are. You know, so if somebody, if an accountant talks to you and says, um, you know, I knew somebody that, that was opening up a farm and their accountant told them to um, put the land in a corporation and then create like a pass-through entity for the operation. And me personally, I, I would have done that exactly the opposite way because I'd want the land in the LLC because it offers protection, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'd want it owned by the corporation. So I have a dead stop of my income. And, you know- So when, when you're saying corporation, you're talking like like an Inc, like, a, like an S-corp. corporation, not an S-corporation. Yeah, like a, a C-corp, yeah. Right. And because, so I mean, it, it, your strategy is to have the LLC owned by the C-Corp. Exactly. And and every state I operate in will have a, a parent C-Corp. And then it will be held by a holding company, you know, in another location. And part of the reason for that is, is, is like Bank of America, every state that they operate in and every country that they operate in, they have a separate corporation because that way everything is compartmentalized to them. So if, okay. you're, if you're mining in Spain, you know, what you're doing in Spain is going to stay in Spain. You know, if you're mining in Canada, what you're doing in Canada is going to stay in Canada. You know, would it be safe to say that if you're mining in Las Vegas, everything stays in Las Vegas? Probably. That's probably pretty accurate. You know, um, I, I helped a, a business in Vegas. Um, they have a large operation that needs to be temperature controlled. 
and during the the nighttime the temperature can drop so i help them put in s17s to heat their place then now their place has air conditioning most of the other time which is great for the s17s because now you know you pump the the stuff coming from their operation back through there to to output the hot air and then you mm -hmm. vent that through the ceiling when you're not when you don't need to be reutilizing into the business and it, it just basically save them about a thousand dollars a month just from not having to pay the electrical bill to run the heater at night and the mm -hmm. gas bill. And, and so it's, it's, that's pretty big. Plus they're making money because of the, you know, they're using S17s, sure. right? They're, they're still making money. So to, to them, it was, it was a smart business move. I mean, they had sub three cent power already because of the amount of power they use. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really good fit for them, you know, and they're very happy with that stuff and that, that's just part of the you know part of the things you know look at look at this business uniquely um but i mean with a business structure every business structure should be what you need it to be whatever that may be but you know you have to look at what your goals are what you're trying to accomplish how you want the money shown on your personal income taxes and that type of stuff and that type of stuff the next thing that, that i talk about would be um, taxes and most people don't really understand taxes for mining. Okay. And mining oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. But please, please help us give us a, a one oh one, a really quick one oh one if you can. So, so when it comes to mining at the minute it's mine, not when it, when you take possession of it, not when it, it transfers to your wallet or anything, but at the instant it's created, it's counted as income. So if Bitcoin is at $10,000 at that time frame, you know, you have to recognize $10,000 of Bitcoin. Let's say, let's, you say you just made a Bitcoin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to recognize $10,000 of income. Now the basis in that coin is that same $10,000 mm -hmm. is what the value of it when at the point that is mined. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and you, what you're referring to just to kind of narrow this down is um, if, if we're all mining and we're all, you know, doing a pool, we would have to track down what block our coin was generated from. And then, you know, based off the timestamp of that block and what Bitcoin was worth at that time, that's what we would determine the value of that coin that we would then eventually receive into our wallet. Yes. And, 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 okay. and it's, it, it's, there, there's multiple ways that you can handle that. And that's why, you know, talk to an accounting professional, talk to, to a, a, a tax attorney and come up with something that will be acceptable. Because the idea behind the IRS or any government tax <laughs> agency is they just want you to pay the right amount of tax. Sure. They don't care what that is, as long as it's right, as long as you follow the rules, they're good with it. You know, they may ask you questions, but answer mm -hmm. them. You know, as yeah. long as you're good, you're fine. They're, they're just going to, yeah. you know, say, make okay, your best effort to respect, you know, how their system works and that exactly. you're trying, you're trying to be cooperative with it. Right. Okay. You know, so, so mining is the creation of the coin and that's why it's brought into income at the point that it's created. The second after it's created, it's now property. Okay. Okay. So it has a $10,000 value of the property. That's how much you have into it. Since this is a business, you have the income of 
Now you can do all your, your, your business expenses, you know, your employees, your CapEx, your, the cost of your miners, the depreciation, there's accelerated, you know, um, you can, instead of depreciate things, you can do what's called the IRC 179, which allows you to expense out an item in a year that's something that's supposed to be done over time. You know, that the, there are certain rules. There's also, you can pick an inventory method, you know, life or a FIFO, first in, first out, or last in, first out. Mm-hmm. And that can have a dramatic effect on your taxes when you're selling your coins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, th- there's a whole bunch is, of decisions. Is that something that you really uh, just have to do once a year? Like, you just have to decide, okay, this year, yeah. I'm going to count it like this, and then next year I might do it the opposite. Well, LIFO and FIFO is an election you make, and then after you make it, you have to request yes. the accounting change if yeah. you want to change it. And then okay. you may have You're going to stick with one way or the other or go through a process to switch. Right, right. Where, whereas the, the depreciation method, I mean, once you expense it out, you can't depreciate it. So it's pretty much over. If you decide to, to depreciate it, you know, you're stuck with depreciating it. Um, but the, the, the 179 where you expense it out is, is basically on, on new purchases, you know, new, new assets that you bring in. You can decide, okay, let me expense them out. And that will all have an effect on your bottom line tax effect. Now, one of the, the interesting things is the IRS recently changed some reporting. And so there's now a question about, you know, if you have um, crypto, you know, on the return. Yeah. And you know, so this year, you know, you probably had it last year. You probably had it the year before that. You probably had it the year yeah, before I've that. Yeah, I've noticed that everybody who answers yes to that question immediately gets an audit or a request for audit. Oh, no, no, no. It, it's not like that. They're not going to go after the small people. I mean, they, they you know, they have quotas or, or if you want to call it quotas. But, I mean, they're going after the people that they're going to make money on. They mm-hmm. may go after smaller guys to set example. But if you're, you know, $5,000 a year, they're probably not going to yeah. go after you. Now, now, now you is know. this? Uh, I, I have a question here. Yeah. What, what's the difference uh, between the government asking you as a person if you own or, or bought crypto uh, versus asking a company? Are, are yeah. they asking companies or only are they asking individuals? It's everybody, and, and it's, yeah, it's everybody. You know the the but, but see that's not that's not they're, they're probably not going to come after you for taxes on that. They're going to try to get you on other areas because um, after 9-11, um, mm-hmm. illegal. And so there's a question on the return that asks, you know, at any time, did you have financial interest or signatory over a financial account, you know, such as a bank account, securities account, operating account located in a foreign country? And you know what? Mm-hmm. Most of the people who were on Binance or Yobit or any of these other things that had an account, even if they had a dollar in crypto on it, should have answered yes to that question. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then they had to file additional forms. They had mm-hmm. to file the the you know FinCEN form one fourteen. And then they also had to file um what is it? Um IRS form eighty nine thirty eight. You know, and so they're basically anti-money laundering forms. Yeah. And so if you answered no, which most people answer no, right? 
because they don't necessarily now they got you. Brokerage account, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. They're going to come after you on those things because there's yeah. a $10,000 penalty per account per year. Oh, wow. For each form. Wow. So if you didn't do that this year, you, you can get, you know, let's say you only have one account. That's a $20,000 penalty. If you didn't do it. Okay. Last can, year, you're scaring us to death here, Kevin. Can I ask you a question? Uh, let's say we've all realized now that we had a dollar here or there somewhere uh, in the cryptoverse. Can we go back and amend our, you know, our returns and, and put these proper forms in and avoid these penalties? Yeah. Is, is there any For saving the Fed, grace they, we can do? For the feds, they have a tax amnesty program that you can go ahead and utilize. And so, you know, seek out a professional that can file a tax amnesty thing, thing, file the proper forms and everything else as far back. A crypto tax return is six years as long as you reported it properly. <clears throat> if you didn't report it, there's no statute of limitation on it. They can come get you 20 years from now if they want to. Whoa. You know? And not only yeah. can they hit you with the penalties, then there's interest, the interest, and all, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it just becomes real ugly. So if you made a mistake and, and didn't answer that stuff, it's not the end of the world. I mean, voluntary compliance, that's their goal. That's why they say voluntary compliance, right? Yes. You know, and so as long as you show you're making your best efforts to do the right exactly. things, they, they tend to be very forgiving. But if you show that you knew that there was a better way, but you didn't do it, Right. That's when they come after you, like ah. right. Well, I mean, so, it's, um, it's easy money for them, right? Yeah, you know, Kevin, if you uh, one time, it's twenty thousand dollars, and they don't have to do anything. Oh, you right. didn't fill out this form. This form here, it's a slam dunk, <laughs> right? In our last um, two minutes here in this podcast episode, uh, what's what else do you want to share with us? Um, you, you know, it, there's a whole bunch of tax incentives that you can get by picking locations. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll give a, a brief example. Um, I did a, an analysis between Illinois and Texas and, you know, $1.2 million investment into either into each around $450,000 worth of income, that taxable income. Um, just the difference between the two states over two years, Texas, you made $84,000 more than you did in Illinois. Now, if you add in the new markets tax credit, which is up to 39% of your investment, mm -hmm. you know, that adds means it would be, let's say it's in Texas. Now you're at $200,000 or $100,000 a year more. Mm -hmm. So picking a site is about, you know, the state and local tax differences and that type of stuff. It's, it's about, you know, finding, you know, where has the best incentives for you and different things like that. It, you know, that it almost seems to me like it's, it's coupon hunting. Like you're looking through all the different, you know, store coupons to find the, you know, the best value, you know, you can get the biggest bang for your buck or exactly. you can get, you know, so I, I, I mean, yeah. The business still comes down to the basic thing. The, the, the biggest driver and the biggest input is your cost of power. Having that as low as possible will make you the most money. But now you have secondary can consider which is, you know, the location, are there credits available? Uh, what other incentives do the local city and government is at? They could give you, you know, free loans. They could, you yeah. know, instead Zero of- Zero interest, you know. You know, one of the offers that, that they offered me was, 
I, I could get two acres of land is, is located, you know, the, uh, a five megawatt substation is located on the property and I could lease it for a hundred dollars a year for five years, wow. you know, yeah. instead of spending 50 grand on the land, right. they would lease it, you know, they would lease it to me for a hundred dollars a year because they own the property. Right. So that's a pretty big incentive, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, but you know, you have to look at these things, you know, the, I, and I, I think the thing that I, I'd want to, to stress is, is a lot of people in this industry, you know, collaboration is big, is very mm-hmm. big, but most people's idea of collaboration is you bring me a deal and I'll tell you if I want to participate or sure. that they yeah. say, what I want, do you want part of it? Right. And that's not really collaboration, yeah. you know, now it, if the mining community got together and they wanted to get the cheapest power pro- possible, you know, let's form a cooperative, you know, let, let's do the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's be able to go in and say, we have a hundred, we need a hundred megawatts of power or we need a gigawatt of power. And then we find the land, do the other stuff, bring everybody in, you know, mm-hmm make sure there's a cushion and the cooperative can go out and expand, you know, when we need more power on that type of stuff. But now this can be used for other things. Okay. Scott, you know, you're involved in, I believe a ASIC manufacturer in the U S or, or you have some ties with one. Yeah. You know, you can well, say well, that <laughs> people that have, you know, a gigawatt of power, you know, as, as a cooperative from saying, screw Bitmain, let's go over and, and, and you know, we, we raised $10 million or $20 million. Let's form, let's do our own mining ASIC manufacturing. Let's do our own tape out. We'll buy our own machines and we'll make the money instead of giving them the money. You are singing my tune, Kevin. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the common thing, but everybody's out to, to, to make their own money. It's all about them. It's not about what's, mm. what's for the greater good. You know, it's not about. Absolutely. It's all about the almighty dollar and greed kills pretty much every deal that doesn't get done. It's all about yeah. greed. Yeah. You know? and so, so you're saying it's it's really about uh, the economy of scale and and if, if you can mm-hmm. cooperate together and, and maybe, you know, one guy is using two megawatts, another guy's using half a megawatt. You can put that all together and come up with mm-hmm. this, this minimum so that you can then get the, the cheaper power exactly. uh, and, and yeah, working together. Right, Kevin. This is, as as always, this is absolutely fascinating, man. I want you now to let our audience know what is the best way to get in touch with you because you've let it known to us that you can talk about these things privately, one on one with people if they have more questions. And I'd like to open up that opportunity for people to be able to connect with you. Maybe they want to be a part of this cooperative. So, how can people reach out to you and and get you know this started? Um, you know that they can email me. My email address is photo crazy. It's spelled differently, so it's F O T O, and okay. it's R A Z Y at yahoo.com. Okay. Uh, with Telegram, you know, I think I'm at Pez People, um, and that's a long story about how I got Pez People. <laughs> right. It, it, it was uh, just uh, um, a, a unique way. Does that make sense? Um, I came up with, uh, you know, something that nobody else was going to use ever. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for 25 plus years. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So that's been a long-term handle. Right. Yeah. Right. And 
So it's, it's one oh, of those excellent. things. Well, Kevin, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. And um, we look forward to speaking with you some more. We'll, we'll see you on Telegram. Um, yeah, definitely, Kevin. We, we, we must have you back. All right. We, you, you must chance. come back. We must continue this conversation. Unfortunately, we've kind of run out of time for today, but uh, awesome, man. Yeah. I really care. look okay. forward to seeing okay. you. Take care. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. Have a nice day. Thanks.